You're listening to a podcast from 702. So we're talking about the disruption that um, the pandemic has brought upon us. So we're talking to Nikki Bush, who is a human potential and parenting expert. We do so every Wednesday in our standing conversation as a way of, you know, discussing the things that we go through as part of this pandemic. So we simply call it uh, how to win at work and life during COVID-19 with Nikki Bush. And today it's all about this disruption and uh, what it has caused on our lives, what the impact that it has caused on our lives. Good afternoon, Nikki. Good afternoon, Azza. You know, the word disruption has been a buzzword for a while. We've associated it with business uh, of late as and when it became an important word. It was in the zeitgeist, everybody in advertising. You need to create a disruptive campaign. Businesses were talking about, you know, disrupting themselves. But here we are with a huge a, a disruption unlike anything we've seen before that affects every facet of life. Um, so how would you describe this moment in, 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 in terms of uh, the disruptive nature of it? As I think we are actually in a space right now with the whole COVID pandemic where we're feeling neither here nor there. You know, we've gone through the whole lockdown thing and things are starting to open up. And and now it's like, where to from here? Yeah. Because everything changed. So disruption for me is really all about change. And change can happen by chance, by choice, or by crisis or calamity. And for with COVID, it was crisis and calamity, wasn't mm. it? It mm. was at the, all about disruption and change. And it can be seen as a punishment or as a catalyst for change and a doorway to new possibilities. So I like to see change and disruption um, as a space for learning and growing. However, we could kick against disruption and get really stuck in a deep, dark hole devoid of possibilities and opportunities. So, you know, when I think of COVID, I think of external disruption. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something we chose. We didn't ask for it. We didn't choose it. And it's impacted on us in so many different ways, changing the way we run our lives, how we feel, right down to the most minute details, you know, where we work, whether our kids can go to school, where we can worship or whether we can worship, how we bid farewell to loved ones we have lost. I mean, I'm aware of a family who who lost uh, a loved one in a terrible freak accident Mm. and, you know, had to have a funeral with just 50 people Mm -hmm. when they probably would have had five or 600, if you you get what I'm saying, Mm. to witness this life stage traumatic event. Um, How we touch each other as colleagues, friends and family, you know, the physical touch. This is a a massive, it messes with our heads, I think, you know. Mm. And then freedom of movement and travel, the wearing of masks. I mean, I really don't like going out at the moment because it's really depressing. You know, walking around with masks. It's like being in a dystopian drama. <laughs> and then, of course, there's that overwhelm, overwhelming underlying fear. Yeah. Because every time you turn on the TV or the radio, there's a lot of negativity. And, and, and keeping perspective at this time is, is really difficult. So we hear about the infection rates. Um, but, uh, you know, are we actually getting real information? Like, 
I got a message recently about a local, um, uh, my local supermarket mm-hmm. closing down because of COVID. And then the pharmacy next door, apparently somebody died. And, and I questioned, is this really true? Mm-hmm. And how old was she? It would be interesting to know with these deaths, how old are the people who are dying? We just get told the number, yeah. but not the, you know, and that makes us get very fearful. But if we heard it was, if we're a parent of a young child, you want to hear, are young children dying from this or not? If they're not, then you don't have to be fearful. Mm-hmm. If you hear what I'm saying, mm-hmm. because it's a bit skewed at the moment. So actually, just as I've said that about this woman dying in, in, you know, in the pharmacy next door to the supermarket, I queried whether that was really true. It's just come through on my phone that it wasn't true. Ah, so mm-hmm. all of this can make us feel so overwhelmed and, um, and, and, yeah, so it's easy to fall prey and feel like victims when life throws us curveballs that we didn't expect. So we'll get it to the growth because mm, disruption yes. is an opportunity for growth, just like, just as it can also be debilitating on the other side of this, it can also be an opportunity for growth. But there is, mm. as you said, this uncertainty with other changes like moving house, like you're describing moving jobs, moving country and all of that. You know, we planned it, we anticipate, we've prepared our minds, our hearts. Uh, we 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 are prepared as much as we possibly can. But this, on the other hand, is like we had no control whatsoever, and we do live our lives trying to keep a semblance of control over it and, <laughs> yes, and order and, and order. order. That's it. Because so this feels like yes. there's so much chaos. So how do you speak or or bring about order over such chaos? Yeah. So then we have to start asking ourselves, uh, you know, whether it's COVID or death, divorce, accidents, yeah. loss of a business, one's health or wealth, or even I was thinking an unplanned pregnancy can throw your mm. life into turmoil because the trajectory that you'd planned, that you envisaged has changed mm. and not necessarily by choice. So then we have to keep perspective and ask ourselves in this situation, what is in our control? And what can't we control? <clears throat> and make a list. All the things you can't control, you need to stop giving energy to those things if mm. you cannot control them. Mm. And then you need to focus your energy on the things you can control, taking responsibility for them and taking action, creating an action plan. And I know that so many people right now, many of my clients are now in that situation of realizing that we probably won't open up to normalish business again until the first quarter of next year. Mm. Now that's another six to eight months away. So now what? Now what? You know, depending on whatever industry you're in, whether it's restaurants or insurance or whatever, we need to now create a new game plan because all the strategic plans we had for this year. Yeah have gone up in smoke. Yeah. And now we have to ask ourselves, what does success look like now? And stop trying to keep comparing it to what success looked like before. Mm. We actually have to create this very, very new picture. Otherwise, we will keep getting pulled back into trying to create that mirror image for ourselves and we will be kicking against reality. Right. And we will get obstruction. You know, things will be in our way. 
and it won't be a smooth ride. Yes, I hear a lot of people also talking about the intentions they had at the start of the year, their plans for the year and so on, and how all of that has just been just thrown out, you know, thrown off course. So you're saying is that we just need to sit down and restructure this plan. And therefore, well, yes, we'll and get a little and sense of, of a little bit more control or anticipate control. Yeah, yes. what, 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 yes. what can happen this year. Yes, and I'd like to also remind people, if they haven't done it, go and do my collateral damage versus collateral beauty mm-hmm. exercise. Mm-hmm. Just Google it on NikkiBush.com. And that's the one where you fold the piece of paper in half and you write down all the negatives about the situation you're in and all the positives on the other side of the page. And... Everybody who's done that exercise, which I talk about in all my COVID talks at the moment, has come back to me and said, you are absolutely right. The number of positives on the right-hand side under collateral beauty mm. is twice or three times the number right. of negatives. Yes. And when you see that, it helps you keep perspective and shift your mindset. Mm. And then, you know, I thought to, to mention, and of course, you know, I said to you on the phone earlier today that I've chosen to move house yeah. at this time. I've chosen to internally disrupt my life mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you, even though it's a planned thing, even though it's a positive thing, you still go through those seven stages of adjustment and mm-hmm. transition. Yeah. The same that you go through for something negative you go through for something positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so to to say to our, our listeners, whether you're getting married, changing jobs, moving town or country, moving schools, upgrading your qualification, mm-hmm. that's a disruption. Mm. Now, I was chatting to an amazing woman the other day who uh, told me that she chose to do a doctorate yeah. when she was having her first baby. Whew. And she, of course, did that for quite some time, a few years. And yeah. she made a decision not that, that it would not impact on her family. Mm. She had to turn her own life upside down because she said she wanted to be there to cook dinner. She wanted to sit and have dinner with her children. She wanted to put them to bed. She wanted to wake them up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so what she did was she would, she would go to bed early. Once she put the kids to bed, she would go to bed early at eight o'clock. And she would wake up and work between two and five in the morning. Mm. And then she would go back to bed until seven and wake up like everybody else. She said her children never, ever saw her studying. Mm. That was her choice. She was disrupting herself for personal gain and professional gain. And she restructured life around that choice and that decision and that change. Mm. It completely blew me away. And I know many people who've continued to study over and over again. And you you do make sacrifices. Mm. Definitely you make sacrifices. Um but but you you adapt. Um this is the thing. You make a plan and you adapt and you work your life around your new situation and circumstances. So in COVID, let's say our new normal, we're having to work towards a new normal. Yeah. And and all of this makes us feel unsettled. 
This no, is absolutely. You know, I feel think of, unsettled. I think of people who have uh, lost their jobs. It's not just COVID, but then the ripples of this pandemic just continue to like play out in our lives. Uh, whether it's a health setback, getting the infection, or maybe another health setback in this time, or losing your job, or diminished income, and so on. So the ripples continue. Just as you think you have a grip on it, maybe another curveball gets thrown our way. So does that then mean we have to really be uh, agile and flexible with this plan, with um, what this disruption has meant for us? And I also thought, would it be this adds to or it's a, a conversation that builds on the previous conversations that we've had. I think of the questions that you said we should ask ourselves, sit and reflect around, you know, around who's responsible for my health, who's responsible for mm, my education, mm. who's responsible for my kids and so on. Like that, that particular exercise, um, it sounds like it would also be useful in charting a new plan Definitely. in light of this, this disruption. Um, so how do we grow? How do we stay agile, flexible in the light of all these mm. different curveballs? So I think what's important is that we need to be curious Mm -hmm. about this new adventure that we're on. And for me, curiosity is the antidote to fear. If we're intensely curious about the changes and what the ramifications of those changes might mean for us personally and professionally, looking particularly at the positives. So when you've done, you know, when you've done that collateral damage, collateral beauty exercise, you can see where all the positives are sitting. Mm. Um, you know, here we have opportunities to grow and learn in ways that maybe we hadn't anticipated. I'm thinking of things like breaking free of old relationships, mm. finding new launch pads for new things, maybe creating new relationships. Uh, I was chatting to my son, you know, with moving house. Um, it's, it's, it's also given my eldest son the opportunity to strike out on his own. Right to set up his own place, which, let's face it, if you've got young 20-somethings or even 30-somethings these days, if life's very comfortable, why should they move Mm -hmm. on and strike out alone? (laughs) So my feeling is that if you can take responsibility of for your moves in life, for your shifts, your changes, then and be okay with those things. You give everyone else around you permission to shift and change too. Right. And this is big. We we underestimate how connected we all are to each other. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine um, families who um, grandparents whose son or daughter moves overseas, taking the grandchildren with them. That's a massive life change, not just for the people who are moving, but for the family left behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even then we have to ask ourselves, so what are the opportunities here? And how do we maybe break codependencies? Yeah. Because maybe there are codependencies that need to be broken. Right. And finding, visiting new places, driving new roads. That's an interesting one. When you move house, suddenly you're using different supermarkets. You're driving different routes. Mm. Um, the light switch isn't in the same place that it always was. It's a weird thing because I've, I've moved a couple of times since my husband's death. Mm-hmm. And every time you have to rewire your brain for differences. Yeah. Different things. You know, when you've pressed the same light, light switch for 23 years in the same place as you walk down your bedroom passage, mm. 
that's automatic. You don't even think about it. But when you put yourself in a new place, a new situation, and a new job, new people, uh, you know, new rooms, new roads, new routes, new everything, it shakes you up internally and it allows newness in creating new space for things to happen. Yeah, I just love the idea of being curious, being curious about this disruption. There are a couple of messages that uh, I thought we should share. An unsigned one says, I like the advice that your guest is giving. As her view, Does her view apply to men just as it applies to women? Um, could she speak to us as men too in this time? This is so because we also... Uh, we also have domestic, have domestic duties inside and outside marriage. Um, so asking if this applies, I guess, to, to men and women, I don't see why it wouldn't. And then another one, quite lengthy though, it says, you are right, we need to stay flexible when it comes to anxiety, fear and stress. Some people seem to be able to cope better than others. I call these people adapters or flexible, agile processes and adapters. They handle change and disruption well. Whether stressful situations are momentary or lasting, they seem to find ways to deal with them and grow they seem to have an inbuilt coping mechanism they don't dwell on the negative and they commit to a positive outcome and so that's one type it is quite lengthy so i'm going to have to uh, leave it there but they also touch on the that. mental um weight of disruption and what this or what all of these changes can can have on someone's mental health Sorry, I missed you a little bit. I dropped out, but I'm back and mm-hmm. I picked up when when you were talking about how does this apply to men? Yes. Does it apply to men? Absolutely. It applies to everybody. And right now, I think that there are some deep potential disruptions in terms of the roles we're used to playing. Yeah. So you may find uh, with jobs shifting around, job losses, etc., you may find that... Uh, a man is not no longer, you know, in the household, the breadwinner. Um, or in this situation with COVID, it wasn't something physical. You could go out and fight to protect your family. Yeah. That is a mindset shift. This was an invisible enemy. And that warrior archetype, all that warrior archetype could do was wear a mask hmm. um, and not go to work. You couldn't go out there and slay the dragon. And, and so we're looking at new ways of being in the just doing, but, but being mm-hmm. and being comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about some of the feedback I've had in my workshops of, you know, men saying for the first time they're getting involved in their children's schoolwork. Yes. They always thought that that was the domain of the mother and they're rather enjoying this being involved, being a more involved parent. So that is shifting things up a lot Mm. um, for people. Um, So I guess we're talking about um, creating space for new things to happen Mm. and being open to new opportunities, releasing our past, because sometimes when there's a hard reset, you have the opportunity to throw out those things or ways of being or habits that you've wanted to get rid of Mm. forever Mm. because now there's no excuse. Um, And you can really um, shift old stuck energy. And I think that is a very undervalued um, aspect of change is that we get into a habit of accepting things we don't like. Hmm. or that we don't want. Um, no, I absolutely love that point. Physical. 
Yes, but we do have to leave it there. But that was such such a striking point, Nikki. Um, I think that was absolutely powerful. A great note to end things off on. Of course, our uh, listeners can go to your website, right? And that is Nikki yes. Bush with double N K N I double K I Nikki Bush dot com. That's where it's all. And and this conversation about working with disruption to learn and grow is up as a blog. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. We're hitting it right on time this time. Okay. Thank you so much, Nikki. Super.